fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking jog, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke podcast barbecue war stories with sean walchef that's me from cali comfort barbecue and i'm here with my man derek marso from valley farm hello hello what's going on my man we're uh we're here at uh the think tank at 8911 brings back so many memories spring valley barbecue fest memories you, man, it's uh I, I love it though it's like our our little warm place that we can come to and, and get all of our ideas together and those late nights uh, where we can come up with hey let's start a podcast yeah that's Good a great idea, idea. <laughs> great idea yeah just throw that on top of everything that we're doing exactly well um yeah we are very fortunate today to welcome a good one of our well, actually one of my best friends uh shane walton who i grew up with here um in la jolla we met at the bishop school shane welcome to behind the smoke my man thanks for having me brother i'm excited about it good good to be here with good people and uh for great great purposes so for those of you that don't know who shane walton is he is a san diego athletic star all-star not to mention what he did at notre dame is still being written about today I started doing some research for this podcast to find out, you know, a little bit more about one of my best friends that I know. And the Internet's a crazy place. Once you Google somebody and you're like, holy shit, like, man, I, I love this man. All the stuff that holy comes up. crap. This guy you can is dig a, up some dirt, too. You can dig. I couldn't find any dirt. He's pretty. He's a pretty clean. He's pretty. He's a pretty, pretty clean candidate. But a good um, PR team. Yeah, right. <laughs> Notre Dame's doing a great job. Whatever. Notre Dame and bishops. That's for sure. Um, but. An All-American at Notre Dame, you're actually the Rudy story, um, walking, transferring from being a leading goal scorer your freshman year, going on a soccer scholarship to Notre Dame, and then walking on to the Notre Dame football team. Tell us a little bit, actually, before we even get to Notre Dame, let's go back to going to school at Bishops and why, how that started your your career. That opened up. Bishops opened up so many different doors for me. Um, I remember playing soccer for the Nomads in La Jolla. <clears throat> and um, my coach says, hey, dude, you're pretty smart. You should look into going to Bishops. A Which lot coach? Uh, Derek Armstrong. Derek Armstrong. Okay. He said, there's a bunch of guys who are going from our club to Bishops. You, sh- you should look into it. So my mom and I looked into it, went and took a test. Um, How'd you do on that test? Dude, that test was hard. <laughs> I, I failed. <laughs> Did you? I failed the first time. You just take a test to get into a private no school. Joke. I didn't get you're in. You're gonna pay fucking money to go to I was school, supposed right? To, I was supposed to go in seventh grade, and I failed. My <laughs> grandfather's like, "You're gonna take the test again." I'm like, "Fuck!" It's like the SAT. It doesn't really it's, test how. No, it was like puzzles you are. and yeah. like it was like yeah. So I do well on it, but not well enough to get a scholarship to go there. Gotcha. And so. Expecting my mother and I at the time to pay twelve thousand dollars to go to school wasn't gonna happen. And twelve thousand that was like back in the day. That was, that was back in the day. Ninety two. So nineteen ninety two. Twelve thousand dollars back then is a lot more than we're talking about now. college tuition for a private high school. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Um so they basically put me they said you got in, but we can't give you a scholarship. And so I was like, You're basically telling me no. Right? Yeah. You, you know I can't afford to right. go here. Um, so you, you can have the Mercedes Benz <laughs> if you could pay the money. Right. <laughs> you can't pay the money. Okay, sorry. So there was a uh, a doctor stepped up and paid my first year tuition. Really, it was a doctor, Charlie Marshall. Um, his sons went to Bishops, mm-hmm. and so he wanted to give me the opportunity to do it. Oh wow! And so huge blessing. Like, it was, How did he find I never out? Knew that. How did he find out about you? Uh, your story. He, I think the soccer coaches talked to him because his kids played on the same club that my my that i played on now okay. nomads is a f- known to be one of the best fucking club teams in san diego i know 100 percent, especially back in the day when i was playing it was, right well because of you right no. <laughs> there were so many guys that played like on the national team and overseas yeah but um it was an incredible club all of our coaches played professionally and coached professionally in england that's awesome and so they brought it here back Impressive. in the day yeah and so he 
end up paying for me my first year, and I struggled coming from so public hard. school my, my oh, entire man. life, just trying to learn how to study and like take notes. And I'm used to being like one of forty yes. in the back of the classroom, gambling, <laughs> jokes, right, playing around. Right, like school was easy. It was like yeah. I, don't, I don't have to pay attention. I just like, need this to go to easy. class. No then, problem. One hundred percent. Getting A's and B's easy. without even trying. Like homework. What's homework? Yeah. Right. Homework. Then going to bishops having about three and a half to four hours of homework a night, actually having to pay attention in class. You're one of 10. You have, so, you're held accountable. You get called out in class on the three and a half home hours of homework you're well, supposed to do. Well, not only that, now he has, I, I would say, a burden that he, you know, he has to make sure that he's not, you know, this guy just spent a bunch of money for him to yeah. go to the school. He's got to make sure that he, he's like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this. I'm going to make sure I, I do the best. It's like, Fuck, I would imagine if you're failing a little bit, you're like, what the fuck? Now 100%. You feel like shit. Yeah, there's more pressure, and then you, you stand out, right? You're this, they look at you, oh, you, you're good at soccer. Are you here just for that, or right. are you actually intelligent, too? Did you go in eighth grade or ninth grade? I went eighth grade. You went eighth grade? Eighth grade. Just like I did. Yeah, so. Grade. But you were two years older than I did. Yeah. You graduated yep. in 97? 98. 98. Yeah. Championship so, year. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. So, actually, cracking jokes and getting in trouble all the time, because everyone could hear me including the teacher <laughs> was like a big adjustment for me and then i'm used were to you being in like, class clown oh, i loved it uh, <laughs> class clown wanted to be in control um wanted to have the power but I, I got set straight by a lot of different teachers and it really humbled me being at bishops like god this this is difficult i gotta work my butt off just to get i was getting c's and d's yeah my first quarter first semester there and i had to work my butt off started going to school um early Staying late, going to see teachers after school, um, working my butt off just to get C's and B's, and I was like, "This is, this is incredible." It's no but joke. I, yeah. But I knew it was something that would benefit me later, um, especially in college, and then even. When did you know? That first day of class. Yeah, that first <laughs> you, you day had, of class. You had that, that kind the of first forward, report card. You had that forward thinking then. Yeah, because I know me. I mean, I, I never like. I was always like, fuck that, you know, like <laughs> this ain't going to do shit. I'm not going to learn, you know, but mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. If you had that kind of forward thinking, like you knew going to that school was actually going to open doors for you at a young age. That's uh, 100%. Huge. Yeah. I just, my mom, we struggled. And so I knew I needed to do something different. So we weren't, when I was the age I am now, I wouldn't be in the same position that my mom was in right. struggling to make it, struggling to do things, struggling to get food, struggling for housing. I didn't want to have that for my family. So I was like, look, this is a sacrifice I'm going to make. I'm going to work my butt off so my kids don't have to do the same thing. Were there mentors at Bishops? Because, I mean, for me, you know, Bill Leckfold and, you know, some of the teachers. Derek and I, we talk a lot about athletics and how they play into business because so many parallels that you can draw from what you learned on the basketball court or what you learned on the football field or what you learned on the soccer field you translate into business and competitiveness being a leader. Those things are inherent in running a business. 100%. And, and learning how to be resourceful Yes, and being resourceful and asking questions and the right questions to the right people. And if they are not able to get you the answers, figuring out where to go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did have a, a couple mentors, but the first and foremost, the first person I ever met at bishops was Joan black. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the nicest people I ever met in my life. So nice that you think she's fake. And I just remember like coming from my neighborhood, going to Bishop, like no one is this nice. Like, <laughs> And then I met uh, some more people, Ma- Megan Cooper, Megan Broderick now, uh, who's currently the um, counselor at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And it's like, okay, maybe there's there's something going on. There's something different here. Where yeah. You don't have to watch your back. People aren't trying to get over on you people aren't being deceptive people are just being you were thinking they were being manipulative 100 percent. that's what i mean <laughs> right right You're like hmm you're checking your pockets over. checking your pockets like hmm what's going on here uh people were playing frisbee i'm like what the hell is going on here <laughs> the quad perfect grass like, no gates sea breeze no gates no yeah. fences like no what fences the, what is going on yeah no metal detectors yeah but, but and then but you realize you know what like now all i have to focus on is my school in my sports. Yeah. Like, and that's it. I don't have to worry about like, am I going to say the right, wrong thing? Am I wearing the wrong color? Am I going to get jumped? Am I like, you just had to just, it was just school and football. Like this is easy. Yeah. And so just like Derek said, the forward thinking like, man, there's, there's something going on here. Something special. Like I want to be a part of what all these people are doing. Right. And so how do I stimulate it? How do I fit in? But also 
educate these people that there's a different way of life and there's a different way of living as well that maybe they're not accustomed to. Right. So tell us about playing football at the Q championship. Is, you played twice, right? Twice. Twice at the Q. Or were they both at the Q or was no. that when they were rotating? What, it, was, it was rotating. So we had my sophomore year. Um, shoot, where were we? Southwest? No. Yeah. Yep. Southwest. Southwest. Yeah. No, freshman year we lost mm-hmm. in the finals at Mira Mesa High School. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year um, at Southwest. So we were a small school. Bishops, our enrollment for our senior class was 100 people. Yeah. If that. Really? 100 yeah. people. 100 people. Holy shit. So it's, you know, it's crazy because, you know, even to this day, you know, my wife's like, how many friends do you have from Bishops? You know, it's like, <laughs> I have a lot of amazing friends from Bishops because you know, we were a close, close knit crew and there were some amazing characters. I mean, talk about characters. There are, I mean, just a plethora of people that are doing some really, really cool things in the world that I respect more than anything. And, you know, finding time, just like Derek and I said, to have a podcast where we can sit down and talk to you and find out what you're doing with organizations and training and what you're doing now as a coach going back to bishops. Um, take us back to the, uh, to Qualcomm. How was how was playing in? Because this was senior. Let's go to senior year. Senior year, yep. Playing against modern day, modern day, or our, our, right, modern day now, but yeah. it was um, Marian Catholic, Marian Catholic, yeah. Our and heated rivals, man. They were you talking about three hundred pound linemen? Yep. Like in high school, but back then that was they a bigger school. Three hundred pound linemen. So I I they, played. I started my senior year, and I was a buck seventy, <laughs> starting right tackle. We were all Derek Marceau's back then. How much did you weigh in high school? <laughs> Derek was the at the most. Uh, I weighed uh, when I came into high school. I wrestled the one eighty nines and two fifteens. So I, you know, a little bit. I was six three, and you know, I had to cut weight to get to one eighty nine. So I probably was right around two two ten. And then when I graduated, I was um, around two seventy. That was because my senior year, I played three sports: wrestled, uh, football, and baseball, and my coaches, after I got the scholarship, they're like, look, you know, you can wrestle, but baseball, like, why don't you work out? We, we need you to pack on some weight because we want you to, you know, play D-line. And um, <clears throat> I thought I was going to be a tight end. They wanted me to be D-line, so <laughs> I needed to uh, gain some weight. So I went from 240, 250 to 270 um, by the end of my senior year. Damn. And by the time I got to K-State, I was 300 pounds. And that when did you Damn. graduate? You graduated? 2001. Okay. So yeah. you're talking about? He was probably one of the biggest, strongest. Yes, by linemen. far. And then we had these big. Th- I don't even know if they were in high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're, they, they're, right? They got a the bunch internet of players just, yeah. from, from Mexico. I know. You're right. And no, you're they were right. huge. They were huge. And then they had a bunch of athletes. They were good. Man, I, yeah. I still see some of the guys. So, um, what, what, the, one of the things I always remember from Bishops and from our coach, from Leckfold, the things that we talked about because we were undersized, what. What made us a better? I mean, and you guys still do it today. It was it was speed, speed and speed, fundamentals, speed and fundamentals. Like we, M- the mental part of the game. We knew how to block. I mean, you think about it. We probably had thirty people, <laughs> thirty on our people, team, right? Yes. But we had like Holy ten coaches. Shit. Yeah. So you think about that. It's just like the classroom, right? I I couldn't hide in the classroom. No. Because there's ten of us with one teacher, right. and you go on the football field. And there's 10 coaches for 30 players. Yep. So every three players had one coach. And so, like, there's no... All like, your you, technique. You think everything. about all the detail that you're getting coached on, every step you're getting coached on. And that's that was a big difference of why we weren't more athletic. We weren't bigger, you stronger, were better athletic. football players than <laughs> everyone we played. But, like, yeah. you think about, like, the mental side of the game. And Derek knows this from playing in college and playing in the league. That's everything, right? right? If If I'm smarter than you but you're faster than me i'm gonna get there before you because i know the efficient route to take as opposed to just relying on talent alone yeah it was my sophomore year in college that i devoted myself to education of the game and was there somebody that told you was it no i got my ass whooped when we played (laughs) texas i'm not i'm not even fucking kidding i was so fucking mad and i was so embarrassed you know i'm I'm this all-american and coming up and we're you know supposed to be all everything and this guy from texas literally whooped my ass all game and i it didn't now looking back because i look at that game 
it didn't look that bad on film, but I knew he was bigger, faster, stronger than me. I didn't have an answer for him. Who was it? <clears throat> His name was Travis Wolfold, and he played, I think, for 10 years in the league. Was that? Uh, didn't Will Goodlow play there? Will Goodlow did play and there. Was, was he a teammate? He was years? my coach. Oh, he came oh, back. Wow. He played at Texas, so yeah, he he, he went to Monta Vista, my high school. I know, I remember that team. Left. Wiley? Yeah, monsters, bro. Ian Miller? <laughs> yeah, so they came. he came back, and he was my coach in high school for one, one season. I think that's that really helped me in my junior year. But uh, I remember getting my ass kicked in, in college and, and saying, they might be bigger, faster, stronger than me, but they're never going to try harder, and they're never going to be smarter than me. Because I, I'll I'll figure something out because I'm never gonna have that fucking feeling again. One hundred percent. I did the same thing in Notre Dame. I was like, I know I'm not the the biggest corner, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the most athletic. But everything about everything about what's written about you is you're undersized. Yeah. And you carry that as a chip on your shoulder. I I did, and then people telling me that I, I wasn't good enough to play. That that nothing. I mean, Garrett. I mean, Garrett Bleakley. You grew up in the Bleakley's house just like yeah. I did, and I mean, they're just an. Un, amazing family that basically accept you in as their son um just like they did with me and we went to boulder together so we're at cu and you know we're watching your career at at notre dame and we're following everything and you know shane made the team like you know he like now he, he walked on like he made it and like oh great you know we get out there we're we're in boulder 9 a.m i think because it was a different uh different time zone yeah. for the kick at the you bar guys, you guys oh no <laughs> well the bar was in our dorm room <laughs> the bar is in our dorm room and we're watching notre dame and you know this is the game that shane intercepts drew Brees and takes it 60 yards to down the the, to the house drew Brees was you know Fuck all yeah. american he was supposed to win purdue he was up he was, for the heisman he was up boiler for the heisman makers that that's where my wife went but, you know, Garrett and I were screaming and yelling down the dorms. People are like, what the fuck? Is the building on fire? We're right. like, Shane's on fire. Right. Shane's taking it to the house. <laughs> like, you know, to be so excited to see, you know, somebody that you grew up with. But it was the adversity. You know, I think that was the best part because, I mean, in some of the interviews, you say how humbling it was to be the star on the soccer field. You've always been the star on the soccer field. But to you were always also the star on the football field, but you just people because of the size of our school and because of your size, you only got what one scholarship offer from yeah. what Fresno, Fresno State? State play receiver. And what did you do with that offer? I said thank you, but no thank you. I, I worked my butt off for five years at Bishops, mm -hmm. and no disrespect to, to Fresno State, but I was looking for like a Stanford, a Wake Forest, a Notre Dame, like, San Diego State. Like in your own backyard, how Nothing. do you how do you pass by you know talent that so many amazing athletes in San Diego ha they leave? But I think it no disrespect to to anyone that was coaching at the time at San Diego State, but it, that was on them because I had a lot of full ride offers and um, there was a lot Alex Smith, um, a lot of, a lot of the guys uh, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush, yeah. we. Arian we, Foster? None yeah. of us. Oh, yeah. Arian Foster, Mission got, Bay. Yep. I didn't get recruited by San Diego State. Crazy. No, like not even a phone it's call. nuts. Not even. And to be honest. You're playing. I was like a mama's fucking right. right I, I would have stayed You're here. playing 10 minutes away from San Diego State. I, yeah. I would have gone here too. And yeah. Even I, I'm in the coaching world now and there's uh, three guys who are or two guys who are going to Oregon, played Oregon uh -huh. this year. They weren't even recruited. Right. I'm talking to my buddy, J.R. Culver, who's a San Diego State guy. I'm like, look, dude. There's a lot of guys who want to stay here and play. Like, how do we make it happen? Yeah. And he's like, ah, I got, I got to talk to the coach. So he's in the in a position where he's trying to help them out and, and keep the talent here. There's so much talent here. It's incredible. It's like, unbelievable. It, it's incredible. I see my my. I mean, look, with Hall of Fame this year, Terrell Davis is going in from San Diego, from Lincoln. You know? It, yeah. I mean, it, San Diego has – I mean, that's another, another story, losing the Hall of Champions. But I mean, we have so many amazing athletes here in our own backyard like that are doing amazing things that really we should, we should be celebrating. Right. Well, look at Southwestern college. Yeah. The head coach there, Ed Carberry is my high school coach yeah. and he's just fucking doing huge things. It's because of some of these kids that were, you know, rejected by other colleges are now going there using it as a stepping stone and they're fucking smashing people. I think they went 14 and one. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, he's just a phenomenal coach too, but I mean, there's so much talent here and I just feel a lot of times, 
San Diego State just doesn't come and get it. I don't know why. I, don't, I, I don't think they that. like the L.A. guys for whatever. They go yeah. get L.A. guys and Arizona guys. And there's good players there, but if you want to build wah, something. Wah, wah. Yeah. I fucking hate L.A. Well, I mean, build, it goes, something, build it like here. You have all the everything, all the tools, all the assets you need right here. Yeah. And get people excited. Get the, get the city excited. Like, we don't have a football team anymore. No. Right? San Diego State's our only football team here in town. Like, get the, get the city excited about that. Absolutely. Start getting some of the local talent. Get some of the big name guys that that can bring in guys and other guys that, that are younger watching them play. Like let's get let's rally. we got we got to get something to rally around, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no, we definitely do need something. I mean, it's it's hard to get behind uh, the you know so different. You went to sorry, you went to accept the scholarship at Notre Dame on the condition that the soccer coach would talk to. Bob Davey. Yeah, interesting story. So was that, and that was just a well verbal verbal agreement, verbal handshake. Yeah, the the only reason I went to Notre Dame was because Mike Berticelli, the mm-hmm. head soccer coach, he came into my uh, house. Everyone else sells pitch, sleazy, did a car salesman. He comes in, he sits down, he's like, "What's up?" <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's up. I don't know. <laughs> and so we start. We're I talking. Don't know. You tell me what the fuck's up. We're talking, hanging out, having a good time. Like he's just, he was just real. And yeah. I was like, okay, I, I want to go play for this man. And he knew my love of football. And he said, look, I'll tell you what, Shane, you come out and do two years of football, uh, two years of soccer. And in the off season, you can do spring football with the football team. Mm-hmm. After the second year, you make up your mind. Do I want to play football? Or do I want to play soccer? Am I beautiful? I don't have to make a choice. I, I love soccer. I love football. I have the best of both worlds right now. Mm-hmm. And so those two, those factors plus I get to do it with a man who I trust, a man who I know cares about me and not just the player. That's huge, man. Big time. And then so uh, first year, play soccer, do pretty well. Um, pretty well. Leading uh, goal scorer on the team. Well, I, I, I was leading the country in scoring through like the first like 10 games. And then uh, college soccer, it was rough. They would, because <laughs> uh, like there's only so many good soccer players in yeah. America. And if you think if there's 121, 120 D1 soccer teams, mm-hmm. like the talent is spread so thin, right? There's probably like two or three good players on every team. Yeah. And so the other guys are just kind of like goons. And so they'd put two guys on me, one in front, one in back. Seriously? And if like I ever ho- touched like the ball, rules? Yeah, if I ever touched the ball, they would just foul me. And really? really? I, I couldn't even play soccer anymore. It was awful. Oh, wow. And so we had this guy <laughs> on our team, Steve Mayo. He was from Canada. He was a hockey player. Yes. Every time they started fouling me, he coach goes, work. get up. <laughs> <laughs> he's just wrecking people. <laughs> that's awful. Though. It was oh, that's hilarious. my kind of soccer. Oh, it was the best. That's how man. I would play soccer. Yeah, <laughs> that's all, that's all I, yeah, 100%. I was good at fouling out. Marcel, go get him. You got it. <laughs> so it was, it was a fun time, man. Was, but... To your point, like humbling, like, yeah, I, I had to humble myself. Like, you're talking about playing football at a D1 level, not just like a small school. It's, a, it's Notre Dame. It's a, it's, getting, it is Notre Dame football. So, I, I mean, I'm competing with these guys. Like, I'm f- freshman year in high school, in college, I'm five, nine and a half, 165 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, do the, do the first year of so- soccer, I do really, really well. Uh, ended up being like a, Preseason All-American for the next year. Didn't end up playing soccer, though. Played football. Um, and it was actually the football, the soccer coach who said, you know what? Like, he was pushing me to play football. He's like, I see your eyes light up. I see how you light up when you're talking about football. Like, I want you to go do it. And it's kind of a, a crazy story. I was walking to um, off-season training. You know, in January, it's cold. I'm walking to go work out uh, 8 in the morning. And I walk by my soccer coach's office, and I see his I see his window. I was like, "I'm gonna go talk to coach." I was like, "You know what? I'll go in the I'll go in the, uh, tomorrow morning because uh, I got class right after workout." And I get a call like that next morning, early in the morning, that he passed away. Um, oh, and I was like, "Man!" Like, and so anytime I was ever upset or hurt, I would go to his office to talk to him. He was one of those dudes where his door was always open. Yeah. And so you just walk in, coach, like, and so I, when I got that phone call, I ran to his office and his door was locked. Oh. And that's what, like, when it hit me and like, right. 
And so that was another life-changing moment for me. I was like, I'm never going to miss an opportunity to tell someone I love them. And when I'm thinking about someone, I'm always going to reach out and talk to them because you are never promised or never guaranteed to be able to, to see them or tell them I love them or give them a hug or a handshake. And so that to me was like a life-changing thing. And the guy was totally all about me. He was knew that the soccer team would would hurt the next year without me, but he really truly just wanted me to have joy and to have happiness. And that was when I really started to learn. That was the first time I learned what it is to be a man. And it's not always about yourself. It's about serving and helping someone with their purpose. It's it's amazing how, you know, as we grow and go on, you find out that the more that you stop worrying about your own shit and the more that you start giving and giving back to people and investing in people and shutting the fuck up and listening, you realize how much you can actually, and th that's what friendship is. That's what leadership is. But the more that you give back, you know, like a coach like that, that made such an impact on you, that gave you a chance. Everybody, no one else gave you a chance. You know, you had to walk on to Notre Dame football. I mean, how many people walk on to Notre Dame football? <laughs> a lot, but a lot don't play. They don't play. You, like you, 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 you make it, you make the team, but you're a contributing player. You know, those selfless acts really do define people and their their character. And you know, I I really <clears throat> strive to be <clears throat> one of those people in my life is is to continue to give back and not necessarily. Obviously, you want to be you want to make sure you're taking care of and your kids are good and everything like that. But at the end of the day. I'm only here for such a short time that I hope I can make some type of impact on others that can keep giving and that it just creates more and more of this, this giving nature and, and, and helping and, and making sure people are okay. That's a, a big thing for, for me and my family to make sure that they see that, that dad's not always just trying to get everything he can get, but he can, he wants to give back and my, my kids can see that. That's, but that's, you're talking about role modeling, right? Yeah. If we want our kids to be a certain way, like they have to see us doing that. Right. If I tell my kid to be honest, but I'm like trying to cheat and and you're lying and you you say one thing and you do another thing, like, he's like, "Screw you!" Like, why would I ever listen to you? Mm -hmm. Right? And it's just like I we were going to church on Sunday, and um, there's this this girl. She's probably like 22, 23. Her car was like stuck off on the off ramp, mm -hmm. like in the middle of the road, and I'm like. I got to help her. I got my sandals on. I'm trying to, I'm pushing this car. And people San Diego's just, rough. You had your sandals yeah. on. <laughs> people are driving by me. They see like we're struggling. Like I got sandals on. It's hot as heck. They're driving by. Like don't even care. I'm like, what? Like what's, what's going on with our world where people yeah. just, they You're just really don't that care. fucking busy and you can't just right? stop for fucking 30 seconds. 30, and like you can't like, come on. I'm like, there's someone that just needs help. Like how, how can you just, you just don't care. And the most amazing thing is that if it wasn't for you, no one probably would have stopped no and she would have had to call somebody and maybe that first person didn't pick up you know are when you live your life are you going to be the person that when somebody needs you and they ask are you there or is your shit too important but i i see that and i'm like where what what are we doing right like what's going on well, well it's it's bad and it's it's uh hopefully I see a change on, in the younger groups that are coming up, the the ten year old, eleven year olds that I deal with my uh, nieces and nephews and stuff. I, I see it kind of changing again to where people are, are becoming a little more caring than the past. So I hope that it just continues. And but you're you're one hundred percent right. It's you have to lead by example. It's like I can, I can tell you that you need to give, you need to do this, and you need to to give back. But if you check my fucking bank account and there's nothing withdrawn that's showing that I'm giving back and I'm I'm doing that, well, it doesn't make any sense. It, it's a uh, there's there's it's false words. Yeah. So we really try to uh, lead by example, and I mean that's huge that we're that we try to do that and that we can. I mean, just with your charity organization and training, I mean, you saved barbecue festival, man. No. That, yeah, like, hell yeah. But hell I mean, yeah. Shane. The craziest thing is like, you know, when I think about it and when we talk about it, when we go back to bishops and having a school that requires so much of you, you know, my grandfather was so adamant about me going to the best school that he could get me into. And, you know, he came from a farm in Bulgaria 
and his whole life he spent learning. He was a medical doctor and nothing was more important than always continuing to learn and to continue to set the standard and to set a high bar for yourself. Bishops, they made us not just compete on the field, but they made us stronger with academics and they also required community service. And community service, when you're a kid, it was a fucking joke. I mean, you're like, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, I was like, God, I got to go get these hours. And it's like, you know, you go and you figure out, you know, what's the, you know, what's the least resistance that I can do to get somebody to sign off on the sheet. So it's like, you know, I can go with my, you know, me and Garrett can go plant trees or you know, whatever <laughs> we're going to do. Um, but you don't realize at the time that they're actually the reason that they're doing that is they're instilling in you the reason why you give back. It's, the, it's about the whole person, right? They, they want you to be successful academically. They want you to be successful in the field and, and then in the theater, but also like the giving and the service that you had to understand that too. And I, I remember doing the same thing, like picking weeds. I'm like, I'm picking these damn weeds. <laughs> I got a funny story. So my buddy Kari and I, we go, we're struggling for hours. And I'm if I don't get four hours, I can't play in the um in the soccer, the, the championship game. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta get four hours. Like, what the hell am I gonna do with four hours? I got Three days to get four hours. So I heard about this. Which sound, sounds like, I have. it's so funny because when you're a kid, you're like, four hours? Oh, my God. <laughs> three days? I'll never get that done. <laughs> so there, I heard about this group. They were going to, there was a um, retirement home a couple blocks away, mm -hmm. right on the beach. Beautiful. So my buddy, Kari, and I go there. And they're, they're going to take the um, people to um, the wild animal park. And they need people to help, like, push the wheelchairs. So, like, all right, I haven't been to Wild Animal Park in years. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Seems easy, right? Take the bus up there. And I, and I get, like, six hours. So, I get, like, rollover minutes now. So, I'm good. <laughs> so, we get up there. And we're it's hot. It's way out in, like, northeast county. It's hot as heck. Escondido, yeah. Es yep. And so, we're pushing the... Um, I got this old woman. My buddy Kari has this old. And they're, not, they're old. They're not Kari's, talking. Kari's a large man. That yeah, guy could dude. lay lumber on the football yeah. field. I thought he put people in the hospital he a couple did. times. Yeah. It was into people's woo. careers. Um, so we're pushing these people, and like we're bored. <laughs> we're always doing stupid stuff. So they have these misters, and Kari pushes his guy through the misters, and he's like, oh. <laughs> but they couldn't really talk. They were so old, they couldn't yeah. talk. And Kari kept reversing and pushing the bathroom. So oh, just model citizens. Oh, <laughs> six hours community so service. Bad. Oh. But it was hilarious. And the guy was probably cooler for it, but it was just a funny story. But going back, it's the service, man. It's like I still remember that day, and I remember like being with those people and like just having conversations with them on the bus ride up. And it's like, how many people do we do that anymore? No. I, but it's like it's something that bishops really truly helped me with is like well they made they made you do the things that we didn't want to do and whether we knew it at the time throughout life there's certain times where i mean when we opened up the restaurant and we had people coming in and asking for help and when you're trying to build a community restaurant and you look around and you're like well how 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 do we be successful well we got to be successful by investing in people and investing in this community and it can't just be about this restaurant and it's got to be about spring valley yeah. it's about the entire community here and it's about the entire troy street and the entire east county of san diego and how can we make an impact and really that's why you know we started the the barbecue festival the amateur barbecue festival spring valley tailgate and barbecue festival was you know how can we find an event a community event to give the most back. Yeah, I mean, it was it was huge. I always felt that when I was growing up, I kind of wished that there was more of that, and to be able to be that person that is bringing that into this community, I, you know, we're uh, we're excited about that. But going back to saving us on that uh, two years ago, it's two years ago, two years ago on our so, uh, we we got fucked by the Spring, Spring Valley, Valley Chamber, Chamber of, of Commerce, Commerce. Yeah. <laughs> and um, they were trying to do everything they could to sabotage our event and. You stepped up as a nonprofit to truly save the event. We couldn't we couldn't run the event without without you guys. And not only did you were you like okay yeah for sure we'll uh, well how we'll let we're you do that. We're talking about thirty two days before the scheduled event, right? 
32 hoops we had to jump through to even make it happen but to not just say okay yeah we'll 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 be that nonprofit for you guys but to come out and be a part of it and 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 to really be out there in the community helping us i mean that that's just a testament to your character and and what you guys are doing over there organizations and training um you want to talk a little bit about the organization yeah you're you're the president right president yeah but man we it was you keep saying we saved you guys but it was an opportunity for us too and one of the things we always look for is we want like a, a win-win-win, right? Well, so I, I hope that when I approached you, it was more of like the coach coming and saying, this is what the fuck it is, <laughs> and not some sleazy salesman, because we were in a really shitty position. I mean, no. Derek and I had invested so much time and so many resources to put on this annual event that people were depending on us. And, you know, without having a 501c3 nonprofit organization to tie the event to, um, we wouldn't be able to get the permit to shut down the road, which yep. is the main thoroughfare in, in Spring Valley. So, you know, I had to pretty much call you and say, hey, this is the situation that we're in. Is there any way you'd be willing to go to your board and find out if you can help? Yeah, it, but, you know, you came and it's like, I'm like, Sean, of course, like, you're doing good things. Like, I know you, I trust you. And if you tell me something and you say you need help, like, I'm here. Right. And then same thing with Derek. I got to know Derek a lot better because of that event. And mm-hmm. now my family knows Derek and know his family. And it's like, you do things like that. It's, I'm always looking for a win, win, win. Yeah. And we do the same thing with our organization. So when we go to a school, we want the parents to, so we do parent training. So we train the parents how to parent. We work with the teachers on teaching them how to deal with behavior. Mm-hmm. Cause oftentimes they're just, you know, they, they know how to teach. And they don't want to deal with all this behavior. Hey, Johnny, stop this. Hey, yeah. Susie, stop doing that. Jose, quit hitting that. Part. Like, sure. It's like, you can do that all year, but like we teach them, hey, go to the need, right? If, if Johnny keeps doing this certain thing, look through the behavior. What need is he trying to get fulfilled? And so we train the teachers how to do that. We train the parents how to do the same thing. And then at the same time, we work with the students and we're teaching them how to, how to do the same thing. Why are you the, the way you are? Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you fear what you fear? Why do you behave the way you behave? And so it's really about self-understanding, self-awareness, understanding others, goal accomplishment, relational skills. And so the organization started, um, well, first and foremost, Families in Training is the big company. Mm-hmm. And so that's been around for the past 27 years. Okay. And it's a for-profit, and we work with mainly affluent families, and we do the same type of work, except for we go into their homes and we do that work individually with that family. Five years ago, we said, you know what? There's a different demographic that needs this same type of work that would never be able to afford what we're doing. So we started part, we partnered up with the Monarch School in downtown San Diego. It's a school where um, students are faced with severe adversity and, uh, and homelessness. And so we, we go to the schools, we go to where they're at, and we do this training, we do this leadership skills, we have fun. Uh, we build relationships. We do a lot of stuff. It's, and, and now we're on five. Next year will be our sixth year with them. And so you, you know that you're helping us out with a, a fundraiser we're having August 13th yeah. at, uh, Carl Strauss Event Center. Um, and it's, the event is really truly to raise funding to stay at Monarch School for another year. They've had a bunch of, um, How much money are they trying, do they need to raise? We're trying to raise upwards of, $100,000 um, to stay there and keep our work going with the parents and that, the staff. That's and the, the lease that needs to get paid. That's the, the lease that, that, that need to get yeah for operating expenses mm-hmm. and just, just for our budget and for our, our stuff. That's that just for need. one year. That's just for a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, but it, that's for Monarch, but that's for, for other entities as well. Um, we we want to have people understand, like we're talking about the service and talking about just why do we believe what we believe why we do what we do why do we choose not to stop yeah and help well, someone yeah out, why right? why do you choose to you know find different ways to i mean we're all busy running our lives i mean you have a baby that could come at any time any I'm, second I'm, both I'm, you guys i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting I'm, for these phones to start vibrating <laughs> and one of you guys has to go well, i think i think our baby needs to get a head start on shane <laughs> <laughs> how's jess feeling by the way jess is she's good she's just been tired we're like Two and a half weeks away. You're yeah. a week away. No, uh, not even that. He's six like days, five three days. days. Yeah, it's, it's like it, any time. You just get more and more tired, and then it's like, especially when you're like 
Jess is chasing around my son who's two and a half. And your son is quick. He <laughs> is quick. Boy. Oh, if you're not watching, he's like <laughs> up a window or like, like, come on, dude, just chill. Uh, Never chill. No, Nuh-uh. ever. Like he's either up a window or like I'm feeding him, and then the salad's on the ground, and then I clean up the salad, and all the the tissue rolls unroll. I'm like, right? God, dude, like, like I, I spend most you. of my day just chasing you and fixing. Yeah, yeah, I told you earlier, man, two's a whole lot different than one. Uh, I'm daddy daycare right now, and my wife's been gone since Sunday. And, you know, it's uh, my oldest is, you know, a little more chill. Um, my youngest, though, he just a little maniac. And it's just like he's go, go, go. And, like, if I'm not by him, like, he will jump off a couch. He will, like, in, <laughs> just, like, no, he doesn't care about, like, if he gets hurt. And he just, like, man, that guy is, is, is wild. So I can... uh definitely relate to what you're saying it's tough but it's it means a blessing right it's, oh it's incredible like i'm we're so excited for you to experience it for the first time it's going to be sean i can't for you wait guys. i know i mean we're, we're we're so excited for you to yeah have that for you and rosie and can't wait to bring him into our our families and you know it's it's exciting because i know how i felt and how it changed me and i i can't uh can't wait to see how you are as a dad. Well, I mean, it's very admirable to watch you raise both of your sons and then continue to do what you do for Valley Farm, for your friends in need, for the barbecue events that we put on. I mean, the amateur event, the professional barbecue contest. I mean, you got or you have uh, over the line coming up. I mean, there's so many things that get asked as a business owner, right. and you're a yes man. I've, I'm a yes man. Yeah. We we try to be no men, but it's not you know, in us. It's not in us, and you know, finding ways to continue to partner with people like organizations and tra- in training. You know, organizations that you know. When I call Shane and I ask him, "Hey, can you help us? You know, this is what we need," and he says, "No problem." And Just you know, I have right to up. go and meet him on the side of the street outside his house so we don't wake <laughs> up his baby, well, you know, also, so he can sign. You know permit permit documents and so i was fucking can... pretty embarrassed man by the the first year that we couldn't give as much as we wanted to give because the, the event didn't it was kind of raining and we didn't raise as much money as i thought man to have to swallow that pride pill and be like shame yeah. dude thank you so much but we're sorry like yeah. we, there's there's just not the money to give back as much as what we wanted to and then <clears throat> this last year being able to give that money and, being able and, to and, have another year under our belts where you know not only could organizations and training come in and help in a different way because they were now they knew you know what the event was and how could they better help you know with the barbecue tokens and giving more awareness about what's going on um, what they're trying to accomplish bringing in partners like Garrett from Northwestern I mean having them step up as you know our title sponsor people don't realize that you know there's these fortune 500 companies that they spend they have these budgets and they spend you know so much money every year and some of that money you don't realize like how much that can help some small organization that is struggling to keep the doors open like the monarch school yeah and you know how much that they're stepping in to be a part of this event and really helps not just organizations and training but it also helps all the other teams that are out there raising money and all the other causes that come and participate in the event i mean it that ancillary effect is it's enormous yeah and then when you become a little more vested and you know getting to know shane more and what they're doing and the tools that they're teaching these kids and it goes back to what we're trying to what we're saying is that we want to leave this world basically a better place than what we got it at right so to be able to be a part of that and to, to watch it grow and to be able to say hey i'm trying to help as much as i can too that that's it helps me sleep at night to know that we're, we're doing everything in our power to, to give back. And that's what our barbecue events are, are about is to be able to give back. That's what barbecue, I mean, Kansas city barbecue society, you know, the reason, the reason that the restaurant even exists is because of charity is because I asked Gene, I found him through KCBS and I asked him, Hey, we want to put on this charity event for spring Valley. And our friendship became something where he's family now and he's family and, you know, we are a barbecue restaurant and we're involved in barbecue the way that we are because barbecue gives back. And that's the backbone of, you know, what we do in business, uh, what we do, what we want to do in life. Um, those are the things that really get us excited because to do anything, to run a business, to be a head coach, to, 
you know, lead a team to run a nonprofit organization, there's struggles that you have to raise money. I mean, you started the Shane Walton Foundation um, right when you got out of the NFL and you had an annual uh, golf tournament. Can we talk about the uh, angry golfers? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I I, see. I would love to hear more because you didn't even know. I didn't know. You had so many things going on, but you know, is I know probably why they're mad. I know we started golfing, and you could smell Sean and his team were there with the barbecues. They're grilling. The, when was know, it? This was like this was like 2012, maybe. That was a long time. It was a ago, while it? ago. But it you was could, like right when we first started doing offsite catering and offsite yeah. events. And you just don't realize, you know, Shane came and he asked, "Would you be willing to help with, you know, my foundation? We're raising money." You know, for us, it was a great opportunity to do catering, to, you know, help a friend out. And we wanted to go out and do the absolute best job that we possibly could. Um, We did not know what we know today (laughs) (laughs) about running a barbecue catering for a golf tournament. Uh, The toughest part. How many people were there? So it's standard 120 shotgun yep. start. You know, he had celebrities. I mean, you had some amazing people that came out to support those events every year, right? Yep. That, I think that year, Ryan Grant was yeah. there, the running back mm-hmm. from the Packers. Um, the year after, uh, Aaron Taylor, big lineman, and then uh, the Rocket, Rocket Ishmael was That's there right. supporting. We were supposed to have uh, um, Lou Holtz out, but mm-hmm. he had his another neck surgery. So, it was a good good group of guys. It was a great and it was group, incredible. I just remember smelling that barbecue, and I was like, I cannot wait to be so finished. You know, we didn't so have an old barbecue. We just had the Kettle Ranch Weber, wow. and we're out there. Thomas is smoking, you know, ribs because <laughs> we thought ribs would be a great, you know, yeah, let's show off what we do best, and we end up, you know, 120 people. We don't stu- We don't put somebody serving at the buffet line. So it's all these golfers that have been on the golf course. They've been smelling this barbecue all day, and you know, f- the first forty that go through, they've got half a rack of ribs on their plate, <laughs> as opposed to two ribs. Absolutely. So you know, lo and behold, 80, 80 angry golfers get potato salad and <laughs> whatever the <laughs> fuck they. Have. Speaking about angry, we. Uh, we, we didn't talk about that phone call. What the heck is that phone call? Oh, that, that, was, my, that was my former business partner uh, before we opened, before Corey and I opened up uh, Cali Comfort. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, he told me I was I was a piece of shit and <laughs> that I never worked a day in my life and, you know, that my grandfather gave me everything and that I would be a failure in life. And I, I mean, I think that goes back to the, to the swagger um, that people write about when they talk about you. Uh, you know, you're always humble, but for those that played with you on the field and for those who are friends with you, we know how competitive you are and you're a shit talker. (laughs) You're like a professional shit talker. Like there's nobody that I enjoyed watching more on the field than Shane, because I knew exactly what what he was, the mental games he was playing with that wide receiver was just, it was the best because Nobody was safe, and teammates, teammates included, they were all everybody. It well, that, that's matter. that's the best part about the locker room. We fuck. I mean, do we fuck with each other so much? I mean, oh, it's the best. Any chance we can get, we're doing something silly, or you know, if it's you know doing something to someone's tobacco that they got in the right. locker and just fucking with it. Um, any, any chance we can get to pull a prank on someone? That was a, uh, I remember taping up people's helmets, dude, hiding their helmets so they're late. <laughs> But then you put like a bunch of the um, so they're late. Yeah, you put Vaseline in their mouthpiece so they're running to practice, and then they have to throw their mouthpiece in real quick. Don't check, so they're not full of Vaseline. Yeah, you did. You did Vaseline. We did icy hot oh, on their mouthpieces. My gosh, dude, or like in their in their uh, we call them strong grins, the little compression shorts. Oh, yeah. Just wipe a little bit on there, and just let, you can see up to the guys that are just. Oh, if you weren't paying attention, you were. Oh, gonna, you were there. Yeah. Like, someone's gonna get you. You're in trouble. So they're. Uh, <laughs> There, Head on a swivel. there are two things I definitely want to touch is the, the Nike commercial that you did was that. So that was like the peak of charger mania in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, we're talking LT. LTs, yeah. his year, Merriman. Um, you had Merriman in the Gates. commercial, you had Gates, you had, uh, uh, rivers. Yep. So how, how did you get involved? How did that even happen? Yeah. I don't even remember. I mean, that Nike commercial was like fucking phenomenal. Someone, I think someone told me like, Hey, do you, like they're doing. Hey, a, do you um, want to be? Do you want to be in a Nike commercial? <laughs> they're doing a with com- LT. They're doing a commercial oh, sure. at um at the Q, 
Um, and it's going to be a football commercial, and they need like football players. Who, who the hell play. told you that? I don't even remember. You got to thank them. That was. I, I mean, that's so rad. So I did it, and I, you know who was the, the producer of that was? What's the guy's name who did um, Miami Vice? The producer know. of that was like, I don't know Miami I, Vice. Really, I don't know these people. Like, yeah. he was like some big producer, and everyone was like looking at him like he was. I'm not. He just You're like, like what? Some, what you want me to run around? <laughs> <small little white laughs> like, um, but. It it was cool to see how all that happens. It was long, like you, for this. What, it's literally, it's a minute commercial. A minute commercial. Yeah, I was there for three days, and we filmed <laughs> from like you started at like you got there like three in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and you left at like six in the morning. Yeah, for three days straight. I'm like, for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. Like uh, for a minute. It's, to it's sell incredible some how how it all like some unfolds. But it was yeah. it was cool to um to be a part of and see how it works and how was uh, how was LT. Uh, he was good, dude. Yeah, he was. I, I had known him from a, a few things before. So, but he was solid, dude. He's LT Rivers. LT. Rivers is a good, dude. I, I, it was funny talking to him because I played against him. No way. In the um, in college, both our you didn't pick him off, years. did you? No, one of the smartest quarterbacks I played with. Really? I baited him a couple times, and didn't throw it. Really? He, uh, he, I was like, this guy is smart, man. Yeah. Um, and then so it was, it was fun just to be there, and then uh, Tommy Harris mm-hmm. was the. D tackle for the Bears and that, and he and I Played knew Oklahoma. each other. Yep, Oklahoma. He and I knew each other uh, from some off the field things. He's a good dude, so it's good to see him. But he it was, was a beast, beast. That boy is a beast. Funny dude too. Yeah, man. funny, funny dude. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was just a good time, man. It was out there. It was weird for me being in a, like I, I, had, I was playing receiver. I was like, I don't do this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going in motion. I don't know these plays. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, it's a great. Uh, we'll we'll put that in the show notes for sure for people to check out that commercial, um, plus some of the uh, Notre Dame highlights. Because hey, I saw in the highlights, man. You had a little hang time in your hair. Oh, I did, man. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know why there was in South Bend there were two barbershops. <laughs> and so you go, you think about there. There's a pretty big African American community in South Bend, one, uh-huh. and then you think about Notre Dame, all the people trying to go get their haircuts. You wait for like three started, hours. No one started another business. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And there right? wasn't like, oh, like call, and make an appointment. No, you had to go and wait. Oh wow! And so I'm like, I got class, I got football. Like I can't be here for three hours. So I'm let like, it grow. Just let it grow, and then people started braiding hair. I was like, all right, this is easy. So right. now I have to. Now it took me an hour to get my hair done, but like at least I didn't have to wait three hours. So uh, for people that want to help um, with organizations and training, can they buy tickets to this August 13th? We, we don't want to sell tickets. We want people just to come and, one, learn about who we are. Okay. Uh, two, learn something that you can take home. Oh, so this is open. This is an open event. It, it, it's open, We but we just don't want everyone. It, it's a fundraiser. Okay. We want people there that... that Hey, we, if you're com- if you're committed to find out more and to give back beautiful. to help keep this school yep. open, then C- come then come, come to the, come to the website. It's organizations dash in dash training dot org. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find out information about what we do. There's videos. Um, there's videos from barbecue about fest. What we do videos from barbecue do. fest. Yep. Um, there's a video about um, the event, and you can find out more information about it. But it's August thirteenth, three to six. We just want people to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Come out. Eat some incredible barbecue. Have some good beers at uh, yeah, Carl's. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard you got a barbecue shop coming in. Yeah, yeah, a little small, a little Cali Comfort. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know so we it got you. It should be a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's we're a low key organization. We want people to have fun, and again, we're looking for a win, win, win. We want people to 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 win and understand that they're they're helping out um, with some people that that really truly need some help. Sure, um, they're helping our organization. We want you guys to win. We want people to know about Cali Comfort. We want uh, people to understand what Carl Strauss is about and, and how they're helping. And people the can donate, well. right? They can donate to organizations and training, even if they're yep, not can, here in San Diego. They can go, they to, can the go to the website. There's, there's a donate button. So, it, so any anything, of the Notre Dame alumni big time. enjoyed helps. watching you play ball. And, yeah. Um, you're doing some amazing things. And we're, you know, we, Derek and I can't thank you enough for saving Barbecue Festival for us. And, um, and know, the continued support, man. It, yeah, it's just, uh, not just a one-time thing. Now it's a now it's a marriage. So get used to uh, we, uh, you know, you know. We, <laughs> we like it. The guys are actually we have fun doing it. We're out yeah. here. You seeing the the benefits for all the different kids. The community loves the event. Mm-hmm. Like it's something like it's a big event now. Yeah, it's 
And we're just getting started, right? We're so just think, getting you think started. Think about yeah. five, ten years down the road. This could be one of the premier events in San Diego County. Yeah. So it's like it's fun to be. It's a part different. Of. You know, it's different. It's something that you know. One of the cool things about San Diego is we have so many different eclectic yes. neighborhoods yep. that do really cool events. And you know, one of the things that Derek and I have taken pride in is that this is one in East County out of not many. You know, not many. And, you know, if there's ways that we can continue to add to it and continue to raise more money and to bring more awareness, bring more barbecue shops, you know, well, I think like just last and year getting people raising. together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we, all the stuff that was going on with the world, too. I mean, if barbecue can bring people together from mm-hmm. different groups and, and, and have everyone interact and it's not uh, blacks against whites and this and that, mm-hmm. like everyone's together for, the, for a cause. I think that's actually where you get the most growth where sure. everyone you we're all here together yeah we're we're, yeah. we're, we're going to uh we're fighting for one reason and yeah. it's uh once you get people vested in that it's it becomes a beautiful thing that was a cool part about the the barbecue festival there's you saw there's black mexican white <laughs> filipino <laughs> it's Hawaii. the best <laughs> this, yeah this is this is this, this is the world this, this is, is really the world san diego yeah too, right? this is what san diego is we're a bunch of different nationalities, we're a bunch of different ethnicities, we're a bunch of different religions, like yep. and coming together and knowing that we could do it together, sure, and enjoy it and have fun and, and for an incredible cause. Yeah, and promoting the growth of barbecue. You know, for us, we love giving people a chance, giving them an opportunity, and we want people to continue to come into the restaurant, come in to you know visit the you know Andy. Harris from Grand Old Barbecue, go in and tell him you heard him on the podcast, you know, ask him questions about the shop, go into Derek's shop, find out more, you know, come out to the event and, you know, say hi to Shane. These things are really exciting for us because San Diego sells itself. It's, it's a place that we all love. We haven't left. We're raising our families here. Um, but what we're trying to do is do things with these barbecue events to help give back and giving back is something that's so important, which is, one of our cool announcements for today is that we will be bringing organizations and training in as our charity for the Del Mar Barbecue State Championship. And, you know, to have that premier professional barbecue championship year two, um, we've learned so much from putting it on last year. And we're so excited about the teams that we have that are already signing up and to bring in your organizations and training to have you guys be a beneficiary of that event so when people are coming out and they're trying the best barbecue in the world on the west coast you know these people that are coming from san francisco from arizona from los angeles from san diego they're coming out here to compete because they can win money but people that are in people's choice they're selling samples and yeah they can, i gain about four pounds every fucking <laughs> event it's there's so much good cue out here man. so I'm, for the del mar barbecue state championship people uh we want people to go check that out um like i said everything we talk about is in the show notes that's the best place to find it barbecue war stories uh make sure that you subscribe tell a friend um be sure to you know just let us know what's going on tell us tell us if you like it if you don't like it if you think I'm full of shit, ask questions, talk to us. Um, Suggestions. Again, if you guys want stickers, we'll send out stickers and uh, love having you guys listen. Yeah, we actually, we've been getting a lot of amazing feedback, you know, from all different parts of the country and different parts of the world. And, you know, our doors are open. So if you ever make it to San Diego, you know, please send us an email, send us a direct message, let us know what's up. And uh, if Derek or I can be at the shop, we'd love to you know, welcome you and give you the, uh, the hospitality that you deserve Chop it up because, uh, you know, we're very fortunate to do what we do and to find people like Shane, um, to have them in our lives. And, you know, this is just exciting. We're just, we're just getting started, I think. So, uh, Shane, anything else? Nah, thank you for having me on. This is again, Derek said it's a marriage. Like I look at us three and doing a lot of things. We've together. come a long way, right? <laughs> like, know. you know, from the angry golfer tournament to <laughs> me calling you and saying, Hey, we got 32 days before well, our event the, gets the, shut the down. Last clown who was uh, <laughs> gambling in the back of the room to what he is now. And I know, right. Me getting in fights and being, you know, but I mean, that, so that's big. also the cool thing is having, you know, former NFL players that are doing great things in the community, doing great things in business. And, you know, a lot of athletes, they don't think about that chapter of their lives until it's a little bit too late. And, you know, anything that we can do to help facilitate conversation, 
you know, to find out, well, what are people doing? People that are doing cool stuff, well, we, we want to celebrate that. And if, if there's a way for us to celebrate it by shooting the shit for an hour, uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. So thank you for checking us out, Shane. Thank you, um, organizations and training. Please go visit their website, donate money, help them out. Let's, uh, let's not just keep that school open for another year, but let's do it for another decade. Um, be sure to donate. Be sure to come out to that event and uh, tune in next week. We're uh, hopefully if back pe- in the podcast room. <laughs> depending on baby situation, uh, yeah, um, we're we're hoping to bring. I would uh, imagine by the time this airs, both of you guys are going to be. Uh, we'll have two two uh, two, two new, babies, new additions, two new to, baby boys. Yeah, yeah, a lot of less uh, hours of sleep too. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I heard about that. So you, you've already <laughs> had one run around. He hasn't had it yet. So uh, it'll yeah. Be, uh, well, we can't wait. We don't sleep much anyways. My wife is, she's an all-star. She's going to be an amazing mom. And yeah, we're, we're just really, we're really excited. Excited. excited to watch you guys, man. So but yeah, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Uh, like I said, write us a review on iTunes. We appreciate that. And uh, be sure to tell a friend. Check us out.